Community Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I have been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we are speaking with Justin Zimmerman. Justin has an MFA in film and is a nationally recognized writer, filmmaker, and professor. His narrative and documentary work has appeared in film festivals across the globe and has been broadcast on national public television, where he won two international television awards. He's also been the recipient of multiple grants and fellowships, and his script and comic work has been optioned on multiple occasions. Justin is joining us today to talk about a film he directed, which is a feature-length documentary called Smart, Specialized Mobile Animal Rescue Team. Justin, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thank you very much for having me. I'm looking at the website here. The Specialized Mobile Animal Rescue Team is a documentary that you did profiling the group that works in L.A. doing some of the most challenging animal rescues out there. Can you tell me a little bit about how this whole project got started? Well, I've been making films for about 15 years now, so... This started, if you can believe it, four years ago. One of my producing partners who lives and works in Los Angeles had a crow stuck in her chimney. And Armando Navarrete, the team leader of the SMART unit, came out and met with Kim. And she was just fascinated by the fact that this exists, this gentleman exists, this team existed. Now, I'm an animal lover myself and have my own production company. So a couple of my team and I went down and met with Armando and Annette and several other members of the team. And we felt there would be a a project there because, excuse me, because we're an independent unit, we were able to investigate and we just kind of fell in love with them, their drive, their passion. And what they were doing out in the field was so visual that we felt there could be something really cool there. We had no idea that we would create a feature length film. We had no idea that it was going to be three years in the field with the team. And we were really happy that the film not only resounded uh, with the animal community, but that it was also featured in a number of film festivals this past year. And so far has won seven international film festival awards and has been nominated for five more. So it's been an exciting, emotional and, and just pretty profound process. And now that the film has been released to the wider world, we're absolutely thrilled to see what happens next. You talk about rescues of horses, of mountain lions, cats and dogs. When we were filming, you said you spent three years with them. So what were the kind of scenarios that you were involved with in this filming process? It's incredible because L.A. is the Wild West. I mean, (laughs) you have uh, you have mountain lions, you have horses that need to be airlifted from dams, you have raccoons, you have coyotes, and then you have a huge number of people with their companion animals, their their cats and their dogs. So when these folks roll, I mean, it could literally be anything. One of my favorite rescues in the film, there was a deer trapped in a clothesline and it just happened to be in the back of Pee Wee Herman's backyard. So you show up and you have no idea what ultimately is going to be kind of be happening. And don't get me wrong, a a mountain lion sounds incredible, but a cat up 50, 60, 70 feet off the ground 
can be equally, if not more dangerous. So the smart team has to be ready for just about any eventuality. And that's what's so amazing about them and why they're at the forefront of this, because, you know, they're they're swift water trained or large animal trained. They are creating uh, new systems out in the field. They're just a remarkable group of people. Yeah, and you were mentioning the the cat in the tree. So since we are the Community Cats podcast, I will touch upon the concerns that that have happened from my perspective with cats and trees, which we have always had. Uh, there's always, it almost seems like every week, there's a concern about a cat up in the tree and different types of rescues. Um, in the New England area in Massachusetts, there's not a lot of organizations that will help cats that are way up in trees. So when I saw the footage with one of the rescuers going up to get a, get a cat, and he actually slipped a little bit in his harness. And I think Armando said in the, in the voiceover, he said, you know, if anyone's going to get hurt out there, it's going to be me. It's not going to be the animal. Just to see somebody actually being able to help that cat up in the tree in that situation without having to call a tree service place or go to the fire department or whatever. And and those many of those organizations aren't able to help cats up in trees. So I just was even just so excited just to see an organization able to do something to help a cat that's been stuck, stuck up in a tree for days and days on end. You will love the film. I mean, there's actually a gigantic cat component. Uh, Schmitty, who's one of the amazing uh, female rescuers, talks profoundly about the fact that cats aren't aren't designed to to climb backwards, to climb down a tree. So unfortunately, what happens is people say, oh, they'll come down when they're ready. They'll come down because they're up there for five or six days and simply get so weak that they they fall out. I mean, a cat 99.9% of the time needs rescuing. And so that is uh, that is something that the smart team does and on a regular basis. In fact, we joked about how many, what the, what the percentage of the rescues would be if we just looked at the looked at the cats. So two things about SMART. First is that they have a 100% success rate. They've always gotten every single animal out of the situation that they've, that they've been in, which is profound. That's impressive. Yes. Their first, uh, their first rescue was, it was a cat in a tree back in 2009. <laughs> and that footage is in the film and it's, it's hysterical because they were not the team then that they are now. Obviously, the other point to take away is if you can keep your cat inside, your cat will live longer and your cat will hopefully never get into a tree unless there is some kind of major escape. So always a good idea, if at all possible, to keep your cat indoors. So the other scenarios that I've run into with regards to cats have been kittens in grates as well as uh, cats in walls. If you're doing any sort of construction or renovation or if you have those bloody ceiling tiles that can pop up really easily, you're going to lose a cat in your ceiling. So we've had to use like infrared cameras to try and find cats. And this is just through word of mouth, trying to just get random people to help us. So I'm sure these heat-seeking cameras, the smart team has that. I mean, finding a little kitten stuck in a wall is not an easy feat. And you could pretty well destroy a wall pretty easily on that search process. They've ripped into walls. They've climbed into ceilings. They've climbed into roofs. They've climbed underneath housing structures and every single scenario you just mentioned, including the infrared and drone footage has is all in the film and all employed for cats. So I'll tell you those little critters, and I have one myself, she's going to live forever. She's a rescue cat from Colorado. We brought her here with us. Yeah, they're feisty. 
And so that's what we love about them, but also they can get into some trouble. So it is a, it's a fantastic thing <laughs> that the smart team is ready for just about any eventuality. I think we all kind of need to be as, as cat lovers too. Right, right. They've probably seen it all, but then there comes the day where they haven't seen that situation. So they have to be creative and resourceful to find solutions out for that situation. How did this smart team come about? Is it is it a nonprofit organization or is it affiliated with the city? How how are they organized? One of the cool things about the film is that there are two kind of origin stories. I kind of think about it like your superhero origin film, like the Avengers. How did this team kind of come together? So one part of the story is how smart kind of came about in Los Angeles. And the other part of the story is how Armando kind of collected this family of people. Where did they come from? Who are these people and why are they doing this? In the case of SMART, they're all ACOs. They're animal control officers for the city of L.A. And what they decided was that rescuing animals had, let's say, a more heightened personal responsibility for them. So instead of being a frontline ACO officer, which I think is still a remarkable, heroic position, uh, being on the front line of this issue is, to me, uh, incredible. But they said, listen, we want to be more active. We want to be more trained. We want to be able to help these animals in precarious situations, specifically in Los Angeles. How do we do that? And so they started investigating repelling training, rope courses, swift water training. They're the only team, uh, animal rescue team, I think, in the country, if not the world, who has gotten the Higgins and Langley Award for swift water uh, rescue. They're just... They just jumped into this with both feet and they did it because they saw an immediate and real need. But when you're the first, it's always difficult. It's difficult to get budgets and it's difficult to get training. It's difficult to convince people that it's an important thing. To me, one of the cool things about the film is that they're still kind of fighting out there to do what they do and to expand and to get the kind of, I think, resources they deserve. So the film itself is a powerful indicator of Will people give them the love and the attention and the backing that they deserve? And to me, the film's not finished. The film is the film is still happening. Now that it's out in the world and people are going to integrate and see it and see how it moves them, I'm I'm hoping that not only will it help them, but it will help other people see how they too might be able to get something like this off the ground. Looking for a great tool to help educate your neighbors about community cats? Check out this sign available from the folks at Lumen LS, a life-saving organization from Broward County, Florida, that believes no cat should be left behind. This sturdy, bright orange sign featuring an ear-tipped cat would be great for cat colony caretakers, shelters and rescues, spay-neuter clinics, or municipalities and animal control organizations. Education about the correct ways to manage community cats is exploding in the U.S., especially in the last five years. This sign will help you let your community know that ear-tipped cats have been fixed and vaccinated and pose no threat to them. The community cat sign comes complete with all of the hardware you need to post it, Buying and posting the sign will help move animal welfare forward and improve outcomes for cats in your area. You can view and purchase the signs directly from our Facebook page at Lumen LS. They also have a colorful informational brochure about community cats plus lots of other resources. Support the Community Cats podcast and LumenLS.org by going to Lumen LS on Facebook today. 
Are you starting to think about that special holiday gift? Why not give the gift of a Community Cats podcast branded t-shirt, coffee mug, bag, or other item? This is the perfect way to spread the word about helping Community Cats. The proceeds from the sales will go to support the Community Cats podcast and the Community Cats Grants program, which helps small groups grow their fundraising programs to be able to fund more spay-neuter programs for free-roaming cats. Go to www.communitycatspodcast.com and click on our shop button in the menu bar today to get that perfect community cat gift right now. Thank you, everybody, for supporting the show. My first question was, you know, how can we franchise this? Because it just seems so good or too good to be true that it would be just wonderful to have this kind of an organized effort in all the major cities across the country. And so that that would be a great dream. So that that's definitely something to think about in the future. You've mentioned that the film is now out and available for anybody to watch. How could people watch the film today? I'm very excited. If you have Amazon Prime, which I'm sure most people do, it's immediately and free accessible through streaming. But we also have it through Amazon to rent or to buy streaming. It's also through Amazon on DVD. It's on Vimeo to rent or to buy. And it's also on uh, Cinema Libre Studio, which is our distributor's website uh, on DVD as well. So there's almost a limitless number of ways that people can check out the film. Everything is all together on www.smartmoviedoc.com, including the trailer, to get a sense of what the film looks like and feels like and who these people are. And then you also have an opportunity for nonprofits who might want to support a screening in their community. Is that a complex process or something that would be easy for them to do? No, we're really excited about this. In fact, there's two ways that this can happen. We signed last week with a company called Gather. They work with AMC and Cinemark. And so you become a movie captain and you have 59 people buy tickets with you for a specific screening in a major multiplex. No one gets charged until 60 people actually sign up and then it tips. And then bam, it's in a giant, beautiful local screen. And there's also a nonprofit component to that process where extra money can be added to each ticket and you have time before and after the screening to present your organization and to talk to the people who come. Now, if you're not interested in a Cinemark or an AMC or if that's not close to you, you can contact Cinema Libre directly and that's also on the website. And they have just a wonderful partnership with nonprofits across the country. They put out Oliver Stone's last documentary and so they are renowned for working with cool films, cool filmmakers, and cool communities. And so that contact information is available on the website too. It's super easy to rent the film, to bring it to your nonprofit or to your school. In fact, we've already got three set up. I mean, we just came out with this last week and we've already got three set up almost instantaneously. So it's something we really want to do next year. We want this film to be everywhere in local theaters and in local communities. And we have what is called a 50 state initiative. And personally, I hope that we get to have at least one screening in every state next year. We've had 30 screenings so far in 2016. Many of those were film festivals, but many of those were partner screenings and charity screenings that we put on before we signed with distribution. So the model's great. I love to see it with, with passionate people, and it's always wonderful to talk to them when it's done. 
Yeah, this sounds fantastic. It's in the cat community. It's become very popular to have film events, either a sort of mini cat film festival or a specific showing of one film. So I think that this would be a fantastic piece to to show at various theaters around, you know, all across the country and beyond. Can you just share with me what some of your greatest challenges were in this project? I'll tell you a cat story uh, because it's actually my favorite rescue. And I don't know if this counts as a challenge, but it was interesting. The smart team had been and has and continues to be circled by reality television shows quite a bit. I don't know. I don't want to break your illusions about reality television, but it's not very reality. (laughs) Producers would say, hey, can you put the animal back so we can get another shot? Producers would say, can you fight more? Can you say this differently? So they were kind of used to this weird director uh, subject relationship, which I abhor. I'm a filmmaker. I'm a documentarian. I consider myself a journalist. So I was like, no, you just do what you do. If we miss something, that's our fault. We want to cover this, but we want to cover it honestly and unobtrusively. My challenge was not getting in, was trying not to get involved. One of our very first rescues with them, we were up in an attic looking for a kitten and we could hear it through the walls mm. and we just beautiful, profound shots. They're in the film where it's, it was incredible. But I figured out just because I was walking around with my small crew that that we were hearing something coming from underneath the house. It was just kind of coming up through that wall. So the owners thought that it was in the ceiling was actually underneath the, the house. And I like literally almost just crawled underneath the house to get the cat. And I think that the team was delighted by that because I was so in the moment that all I wanted to do was save that kitten. Right. And I almost screwed up my own film, my own <laughs> shot, my own scene, just because I was so involved in it. So that that rescue, uh, performed beautifully by an actually trained rescue worker, Armando, is is uh, is there's a little bit of that in the trailer, and it's a big part of this this final section of the film, and it it meant a lot. You could say that. It was complicated working on a project for three years with a small crew or that a great challenge was was trying to to make this happen remotely while we were all working full time jobs. But I'll tell you, it was a delight and I miss being out there with them to this day. I'm extraordinarily proud of the film. I think it's it's intense. It's fast. It's it's a ride. But I hope it I hope it affects people the way that being out in the field affected me, which is that I wanted to do something. I wanted to get involved and I want people to watch the film and, and, and love this team and want to support this team. But I also want people to walk away saying you don't need to be, you know, in a really cool suit and jumping out of a helicopter to be an animal rescuer. You can be an animal rescuer by being involved in your community, by adopting an animal, by volunteering. It was yeah, I really do admire these folks, and I'm, I'm so happy people are responding well to the film because I, I wanted to do them justice. I mean, I would think there's so much energy and adrenaline involved in a rescue process that there's got to be some, I don't know, not negativity, but like coming down sort of from the high, I guess I would say. And you probably saw some points where there were highs and then there was also some lows, maybe some frustration, maybe nervousness or something. I just have to believe this is a very emotional position that these folks are in. They are so well-trained and they are so meticulous about everything that no matter what the situation threw at them, they were ready. And they worked together for such a long time that 
it never felt anything other than natural, no matter how strange the situation was, to be with them in the field. What the film gets into is the extraordinary sacrifice that they make. They don't go on vacations. Armando takes every rescue personally. Annette, Schmitty, Ernesto, Ramon, they sacrifice tons of time. Tons of, I mean, they don't get hazard pay. This isn't some kind of crazy other, this isn't some kind of, of extra bonus to them as, as ACOs. Like this is something they've taken on themselves. In fact, Armando talks about how they've spent tens of thousands of dollars of their own money getting this off the ground since 2009. So it's, I think the rescues and coming down from the rescues, that's all part of the wonder of what it is that they do. I think that the issue is, is how, how can we support them so that this can be sustainable? Right. It's, it's a remarkably difficult thing. And, you know, we've talked about, can they take this model and get it to other places? You know, I can't imagine this core team being able to do anything other than rescue animals. I mean, they're, they're out there killing themselves just to do that. They need the support of the wider Los Angeles and of course the wider country, but they have so much to share and so much to give. And again, I'm hoping that the film introduces that and we keep rolling from there. Just to repeat, I know you mentioned it in the middle of the show, but if folks are interested in finding out more about the SMART team and the documentary, how could they do that? And if they were interested in asking any questions, how would they do that? Come to www.smartmoviedoc.com. Everything is situated right there. You can contact us directly through our Facebook page, which is facebook.com backslash smart documentary. And you can certainly contact uh, Cinema Libre for any questions about screening it close to you or in your hometown. We would love to hear from you. But most important, is watch the film, tell your friends about the film, spread the word about the film. The more people who see this, the more people will know and love smart and the better their lives will be. And that would be a great start. So this show is uh, slated to air in early January. So this would be a great way to start the year with watching this film. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? I really appreciate the fact that there is such a, a, a smart, uh, I, I appreciate the fact <laughs> that there is such an involved community. And one of the things that's been great about traveling with the film this past year all across the country, and in fact, in two other countries as well, is to see the drive and the passion that so many people have about making life better for companion animals and dealing with kind of our issue of overpopulation. So I've just been excited to meet and work with so many cool people. And I'm hoping that SMART will be another way to galvanize and bring those people together. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And I want to thank you so much for taking on this project and bringing the story to life. It's amazing what film can do to help share the passion, the work that they're doing. And as I've said to so many folks during the Community Cats podcast, we all have a niche and we really focus on that that niche in that area. And it's great because we can be the best we possibly can be in that niche. And then we'll share our experience and share our wealth with others so that that information gets passed on around the country. So I want to thank you so much for spending time with me today and agreeing to be a guest on my show. And I hope we might have you on in the future. Maybe we can convince you to do another animal or a cat themed documentary in the future. I'm going to take a, a long nap and then absolutely <laughs> I'm with you. Let's do it. Thanks. 
thank you for listening to the Community Cats podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes and leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats. Wow.